What's up, Bikeroomer fans? Welcome back for part three of three with our interview with Van Duet. This time we're talking about creature comforts, which will span from insulation and keeping your van dry and cozy to showers, to bathrooms, to heaters, satellite TV, and all the other stuff that you need to not just be comfortable in your van, but maybe have a little fun, do some cooking and stuff like that. So I want to start with, well, actually, let's let you guys reintroduce yourselves just in case somebody's joining in and hadn't heard parts one and two, so. I'm Brent Klein, and I'm one of the founders, and, and um, yeah, that's, uh, I grew up in the RV business. And I'm Jared McCausland, uh, one of the founders as well, along with Brent, and uh, they also na named me the mad scientist behind these bad beasts. Because you get to come up with the designs and play with the ideas for them. I basically get to uh, have a heyday every day. Nice. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah. All right. So I want to start with insulation because this is, um, I think, one of the areas where a lot of people get in trouble because they'll use the wrong materials and then it either mildews or molds or falls off or something. But also there's some areas, when I was touring your factory, I noticed there's some areas where you do put insulation and sound damping and some areas that you don't, and I'm sitting there wondering why. So uh, let's start with just the, the locations. Like if somebody's put insulation in their van, you know, they've stripped it out, they're trying to put like maybe Dynamat or something mm -hmm. in first, I would think for sound deadening, mm -hmm. and then the insulation over. Let's start with where. So where are the most critical places to put insulation? So the one thing is, is, is so we build on passenger vans. So they're not cargos and I'd say 40% of the exterior skin around the side of the van is glass. So you, you gotta take that into account with like thermal curtains and things like that to be able to limit the amount of IR, so infrared uh, heat is a massive thing when it comes to heat. Which is what, sunlight coming in the windows? Sunlight coming in, hitting a surface, heating that surface up. Okay. Um, and we can we can get to that part. Um, but the the biggest things for us like over time you, you start to figure out you know do you spray foam and do you do you foam every cavity to where it becomes this massive just layer you know um, but the biggest thing that you you think about is um, air gap air gap is your best friend when it comes to insulating that's why most homes have attics um, because you know you you basically are able to insulate from the exterior take out the, the initial harsh outside environments then you have that air gap to basically regulate the temperature. Now, like your attic in the heat of the summer is still going to be hot, um, but you're slowing down so much of that heat. And then you go through that next layer, uh, which really, it, it's all about, so our value is all about how fast um, or how slow, depending on which way you look at it, um, you're losing or gaining heat. Um, because whenever you're cooling a vehicle, it's how fast is heat getting in, or how quickly is cooling getting outside. And for us, you know, it, sound deadening is, is for the purpose of, you know, road noise. Um, it's for the purpose of, you know, is the vehicle inside, when you're inside it driving down the road, is it echoey? Um, and so a lot of that comes from the floor and it comes from the front of the vehicle. It's where you're getting the brunt forces. It's not necessarily coming from the sides, um, but it, it, it it can come from the sides whenever the sheet metals can move going down the road. In our vans, not so much from the sides. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason is, is there's, there is a certain level of sound deadening to a passenger mm -hmm. van. You know, as you, as you look here, you've got, you've got this, you can see that the headliner is, is sound deadening. There's okay. the air gap that Jared's talking about. 
the sides of the van are finished, so there's a, there's the air gap and there's a certain level of deadening that already takes place. So hearing that the and and with the windows actually helps because instead of hearing the sheet metal, you know, moving as the wind hits it, you don't hear any of that stuff. So yeah. um, and as far as like the air gap is concerned. You know, most people are aware that 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 uh, you have to have air gap to have insulation. That's why fleece works so well. If you take fleece or down feathers and you compress it all the way down as as tight as you can get, it really doesn't put off much insulation anymore. So our vans have um, uh, that air gap along with the insulation, and it's that marriage that that gives you what you're looking for yeah. so I'll, I'll let you yeah. and so sound deadening works by weighting the panel actually down so the panel can't move mm. and that's can't vibrate can't, can't vibrate, vibrate right so in some cases you, you need to cover an entire panel because you're trying to eliminate all the vibrating you're trying to eliminate all of it generally speaking you only need to cover about 30 percent of a full-size panel to actually add enough weight to it to where you're killing what you actually can kill because you're not going to be able to get rid of a hundred percent but that that first 30% of coverage is probably going to take care of, you know, 90% of what you can do something about. Um, and then whenever it comes to insulation for us, you know, I look at it two ways. I can insulate every square inch of the vehicle and try to hopefully slow down, you know, that, that cold air coming in at night while you're sleeping. Or you insulate where it's necessary because, you know, you're parked on, like right now we're parked and we're inside a van. Uh, we mentioned that in one of the others, but, um, you know, we're outside in a van again and, and, you know, like it's kind of a cold day outside. Most of the cold air, because the sun's out, so you get heat coming in from the windows with the IR heating all of our bodies, heating everything inside here. Um, but that ground is just radiating that coldness up through the floorboard. And that's why, you know, the, the air gap underneath the vehicle is so important. Um, so whenever I talk to customers about like how harsh of environments are you taking these vans you know taking them through taking things like that you know if you don't take care of the big um, topics it doesn't matter how much you insulate so you take a van up north in the winter time and you're parked out one of the best insulators that you can do for your van is actually has nothing to do with your van itself it actually has to do with making a uh, kind of a snow berm uh, on the side that the wind's coming in so wind can't whip underneath your vehicle hmm. um, because if you tear if you tear everything down we're looking at a metal box that's metal and it's dealing with outside environments to try to slow so you know when it comes to cooling the vehicle you know you, you in some cases you know we use passenger vans to have a secondary AC when you're going down the road to cool all the surface temperatures off and that's when the Dometic can really take over and really cool the inside space. In the winter, we you use the roof, like the roof, 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 air, roof a, air, a third party roof right. air that you yeah. right. Okay. And then for heat, you know, it comes down to a matter of you know these vans are not huge. We're not dealing with huge spaces, so the the heaters we use that are gas powered off the gas tank, they're not propane, but they're gas. Um, they're going to give you so many BTUs to where you don't need to worry about you know trying to get every little pin and crack simply because once again the slider door is so big the second you open that slider door you're sucking out almost all the hot air anyway right the only way you're getting that back is have an oversized heater you know and that's kind of what how we figured out the best ways to overcome these things is because there's a second part to it is 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 you know a vehicle needs to be able to breathe 
your yes, house needs to be able to breathe. You know, I lived in South Georgia for two years, and I learned that living down there. You know, in Missouri, you 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 insulate your attic a different way than you do in the South because it's got to be able to breathe, or you get massive mold buildups. You get spores. You you get some nasty. It's actually stuff. very unhealthy. Yeah. yeah. If you if you tried to stop every bit of possible way for air to get out using spray foam and a combination of it and, and some sort of insulation, it actually becomes an unhealthy situation. So there, there absolutely has to be the ability for air to exchange. Yeah. And, and what Jared was talking about with, with this, uh, you know, these vans have the ductwork in the floor with this air gap. So even though he's talking about radiating um, cold coming up off the pavement in the winter, um, when your heat is running through the floor, it helps keep that floor warm because that's where it's coming from. You know, right. heat rises, so you put the ductwork in the floor. Mm -hmm. AC falls, so as you can see in this van, uh, you, we've got all of our uh, ductwork running through the uh, the ceiling, and then it lets the AC fall. So right. it's it's a lot of the um, technical things that you do, putting the right mm -hmm. size heaters in, um, you know, where you run your ductwork, things like that, that that really help out when you can't get and shouldn't get a vehicle completely airtight. Right. Yeah, you asked about the two points, insulating the roof, insulating the floor, two main things, because you're fighting cold or heat coming from pavement underneath you, mm -hmm. or you're dealing with sun or snow sitting on the top of your vehicle. And those are your two biggest environmental changes to being able to help slow the loss of heat or slow the loss of cooling because right. that's what it comes yeah. down to okay yeah. and you guys are using the passenger vans which have windows all the way around but for somebody who's buying like mm -hmm. a cargo van obviously mm -hmm. those are just like sides like solid sheet metal mm -hmm. sides yeah. you know is it i guess you'd want to at that point do a lot of insulation work on the side panels yeah. as well it, really to the same amount we do on our vans because you know because we we offer like thermal curtains that's going to stop that same effect Instead of doing a thermal curtain, you would do what we would do for the ceiling and floor and insulate to the full size. And, and create a, uh, an air gap. Yep. So right. if you watch the way the, you know, you can go on Pinterest and see the way that they're they're building out the vans on a DIY level and from a cargo. And um, they, they literally do the way you would in a house and they fur it out with one buys, mm -hmm. create a little bit of an air gap, give a place for the insulation, and the whole works. So, so are you putting the insulation, when you say air gap, like, you're sticking insulation right against the metal, mm -hmm. and then there's a gap before any sort of like liner or cover or whatever. Correct. So the gap yep. is is between the insulation and the interior liner, not That's between correct. the insulation and the exterior wall. That's yeah. correct. Yeah, okay. we we go we go foil base with sound <coughs> deadening on the exterior skins to really add it to that point to and slow get that metal vibration down right, as well. Right. Get that initial, and then your air gap, air gap, and then you're into another layer of um, you know mixed glass a whole nother layer layer of insulation with the headliners themselves and it, it, the easiest way to relate it is to a yeti cup you know yeti yeti cups or, or anything for that matter they're kind of all the same now but the reason that they keep something hot for so long and cold for so long is because there's actually um, they actually remove the ozone from the inside layer yeah. So there's physically just a gap from the exterior environment to the interior. There's insulation in there, but there's a gap. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. Okay. So one of the areas that I noticed uh, any sort of sound deadening or insulation materials missing was this giant, uh, I don't even know what you call it, the section directly above the cab. So especially mm -hmm. on a high roof, you have a big piece of metal that's like curved up to get to the roof level. So basically from the top of the windshield to there, behind this piece of headboard here, like, there was no insulation or deadening material. Why was that? We 
we do sound deaden the first three full size panels of the roof line. So it might have been one that you were just looking hasn't at. Been yet. Hadn't been done. Oh, ah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. right. that seemed like a big piece of right, metal right, right, right yeah. above the yeah, drivers. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. We we sound deaden and insulate um, the main panels of that are going to get that um, IR. They're going to get the sunlight hit on them, and they're going to get the road wind when driving down the road, which right. is going to be your first three. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. And then, all right. So, what materials do you use? So for we use a, a an asphalt based. Um, sound deadening so it's heavyweight and um, basically it's going to lay with a foil back uh, and that is to actually kill the the vibration of sound deadening and then second to that we use a foam based sound deadening that actually doubles partially as insulation um, that actually goes on the um, internal uh, panels of the vehicle to stop the the higher frequencies hmm. so heavyweight foil back we use on the exterior skin to weight it down to kill the vibration we use the foam base on the interior to kill, you know, like for kind of like what's surrounding the microphone right now. You know, what's on that is to cut out any, you know, high frequencies that are going to make weird noises. Right. That's exactly what we're doing as far as like a two layer um, sound deadening um, package. Uh, and then for insulation, we use a double sided um, foam base insulation that has a foil in between. So a lot of your uh, insulations and things like that you find like at the standard store, what someone would typically use for you know any given uh, van build that you typically see out there, like go to Lowe's, go to Home Depot. You're gonna get your standard old, um, I call it the pink lion. Bat. Yeah, the bat, bat style. Um, you know, and that's gonna build mold. Uh, you put it in a vehicle, it's gonna get moldy. Hmm. Um, but there's other stuff you can find, which is like the foil base. I have like the little circles on them, or it's kind of like an air gap in between. Like bubble wrap. Right. right. The, the issue with it is, is it, it that's good stuff, um, and and we actually used to use it. But what we figured out is, is that because you're taking that foil back, you're actually putting it right on the exterior skin of the vehicle. It's actually really doing you no good because you're not creating an air gap between the exterior environment because you're really just pulling it straight through. Hmm. Um, and so what ours is, it's actually got a um, open cell uh, foam on one side, which it's just plastic based. And that's what sticks to the exterior skin. And then it's a foil liner in between with another layer of that on the top side as well. And so it, it is very thin. It's only a total thickness of about an eighth of an inch. Um, so it's very flexible, stick back. So it's going to stick solid to that surface, um, 100% of all coverage area. It's not going to come off. It's not going to rattle. It's not going to move. Uh, but it's going to give that initial kind of hit of insulation that the vehicle needs to slow down the heat coming in or the cool air leaving. Huh. And so. And because it's like the, the foamy bit is plastic based, mm -hmm. it won't. Uh, like hold moisture or get mildew or whatever. Or? Yep. Yeah. There okay. has, it has no ability of absorbing. Is it treated with something or? It's just it's plastic, so it's an open cell plastic. So if you stick it in a bucket of water, pull it back out, no water stays on it. Okay. Um, and unlike you know bat, I mean, you stick it in, it's going to soak up the whole bucket. Huh. You know? A lot of things actually absorb water that you you don't even you don't even think about. You know, right. mm -hmm. it's if it's an open cell, typically. Um, you know, anyway, Jared knows a whole lot more about it, but I, I do know that with, with the, uh, the plastic line on one side and with the foil on the other, it just, there's, there's no way for water to get in. Okay. And so. so like, 
as far as the sound editing stuff go, like I'm familiar with the brand Dynamat. Is that right. it's basically the same thing as what you're using, just it a different is. brand? Or? Yep, yep. So uh, Dynamat is the exact same thing as uh, as what we use here. What um, brand do you guys use? We use Hushmat. Okay. Um, it's a local company here in Kansas City. Um, and you know, it's, it's basically an identical product, okay. honestly, in all reality. And the insulation, uh, what brand, like what's, uh, what is that? Can some, can anybody buy it or do you have to buy it in like the 20 million rolls that you guys have as bulk purchase you, in there? You'd have to buy it as bulk purchase. Okay. Um, it, it's made it for, what's the brand though? Um, Honestly, I probably couldn't even tell you. Okay. It's it's a corporation, is what it so is. So it's not something if I were like just building out my own van in my garage, I couldn't go get that. No. But I would want to look for something that very does not hold moisture, open cell, and mm -hmm. some sort of way of getting it not directly against right the uh, wall, or at least having a barrier, an air barrier. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. The air is going to be your best friend when insulating. Gotcha. Is there a certain R factor that you guys look for for van insulation? We don't. Um, it it kind of just going back to, you got to strip it down to what are you actually trying to do. Right. And, and you try to base everything off an R vector, you're kind of already at a loss. Um, because, you know, bat insulations are going to be rated on R factors. You know, um, you know the insulations we use necessarily, they're, they're used for things like, um, you know, airplanes, things like that. Very, very lightweight. You know, that's one good thing about the insulations we use is they're very lightweight um but they're made they're made to take away the initial hit so mm -hmm. ceramic for instance you know ceramic is like one of the best things out there to insulate with but th this vehicle would weigh you know <laughs> 20 yeah. tons right? right and so but you know ceramic necessarily doesn't have an r fact r rating either because you know i could throw those numbers out there of, of what it would be but the problem is, is you're still you, you you can't really look at that when you're insulating or worried. The whole thing, Tyler, I guess it boils down to you want the vehicle to stay warm as long as you can when you want it warm. You want it to stay cool as long as you can with you when you want it cool and how much energy it takes to get to those two points. Mm -hmm. But the factors that you have to like the, the bigger things is if you have kids, make sure they keep the sliding door shut. You know, right. and and that's when I, you know, we we're just very transparent when we talk to our customers in the sense of, you know, it, we're worried about our factors here. But my bigger concern is that you're telling me that you want to cook all day inside the vehicle, creating moisture, and also keep the door open as well. And then you say, as soon as I'm done, I want to cool this thing down to 20 degrees. <laughs> you know, it's it's rationalizing those different things because yeah. it's more about what you do as an individual with the van itself than the actual R value. Right? Yeah, you have to weigh everything out because mm -hmm. there's give and take to everything in this business. And and so if you really wanted a huge R factor, you'd grow, you'd go with bad insulation. But, um, you know, in a... in a. But it sounds like, like you said, as soon as you open the door, it's literally right. all out the window. Right, all right. The so, so you Just give you... up, but in the give and take, you get... Uh, the take, I guess, is you get this huge R factor, but the give up is... You get bad insulation that absorbs moisture, you know, right. and and did it even matter anyway? Um, so we go with really uh, what's the best marriage with the heating system that we have and the van use and et cetera, et cetera, because you 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 want the sweet spot, just like we talked about in the other podcast. You want the sweet spot, and so that's really what we try to hit. The nice thing is with the heating systems that we use, uh, as you experienced earlier, the, these vans will heat up really quickly. So right. 
um, the that makes the insulation not as big of a deal if yeah. that if that makes sense. So you go with no, light, you go with light, and you go with quality, and you go with you know, <laughs> something that doesn't absorb water, and you give up a low R factor, but you didn't need it anyway because your heat your heating system will drive you out of here in a few minutes. Yeah, so, no, that's good. I think yeah. it, having realistic expectations of what the insulation could do is probably the biggest In takeaway the for that because right. it's like I see you know if you look on Pinterest and you see everybody's YouTube mm. videos about building on the van like they're spending a lot of time and energy on this and then half the time you watch it like six months later and like oh I had to rip it all out because it was full of mildew oh, yeah. and stuff yeah. so like alright <laughs> right alright good yeah. to know good to know yeah. okay so let's we're talking about heat let's talk about AC and heat let's, let's start with the AC so right behind Jared's head is a rooftop AC unit that was added after the fact so the nice thing about the passenger vans as opposed to a cargo van is you have the rear AC and heat units built in as a stock unit so why assume you don't have that mm -hmm. let's just talk about the rooftop unit you guys added for a minute like do you really need something like that for something this small or could you not just like crank the AC on the dash and <laughs> blow it back so it it, it, it turns into personal preference it turns into uh, where you use it and then far as like like we talk about creature comforts okay uh do you need it 60 degrees when sleeping or are you good you know sleeping above sheets you know at 80 with with a fan moving air mm. you know that's the one thing we tell our customers all the time is is customers who are like well i don't really think i need an ac i just don't ever really i'm not sure if i'm going to find myself in those positions it's like the best thing you can do is have air movement then you know and so you know, for me personally, and actually in the early days of Van Do It, uh, and still now, you know, we, we find ourselves going in certain locations where we don't have shore power to plug in the AC. You know, we don't have those um, features uh, available to us. And so, yeah, I mean, cranking the, the AC on the dash of a vehicle, and, you know, they're not carbureted, so you don't have to worry about them, you know, having issues like old vehicles. You know, you just have to worry about while they sat, you had problems. Yeah. Of what, breathing in? Uh, well, Bad uh, uh, well, uh, or just uh, the uh, engine overheating? The engines themselves. Okay. You know, it's, it's never a good thing to let an engine set. But now these new vehicles, you know, they turn down to four cylinders or two cylinders, and they have auto start features to where if it's not needed, the vehicle itself just shuts off. When it's needed again, it turns back on. Um, and so, you know, when you start thinking about those things, I mean, yeah, I mean, if it's something where like. Like I would tell you, like working with our customers, and I really dig into, you know, where are people going, like, and and how successful is their van build for them. So the next person in their region, I kind of know which way to push them. Like I'll tell you, like Seattle, you don't need an air conditioner. You need a couple air vents. You know, that's what you need. You need air vents to cycle air through and bring fresh air in. You know, here in Missouri, depending on you know how warm or how cold you're willing to sleep, you don't really need an AC. Um, now you go to Texas. You're doing bike you events down there. You need Florida, an AC. yeah, Florida. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you right now, you need an AC. Um, you know, but but there are things that come along with that, which is you know you need shore power. You need that additional power. Yeah. Um, what is? Well, we're gonna. Uh, we talked a lot about power needs in the prior episode about electrical and all that. So I would refer somebody back to that if they're wondering about whether or not they can you know like what they need to do to run that ac this is more about like whether or not you need it right the um you know i'm looking at all the side vents running along through the ducting that comes stock in the ford for a passenger van and i would think like are those capable of cooling it enough or because this van has those and the rooftop one so like 
why would you want to add a rooftop to a vehicle that also has the stock air conditioning running with vents all the way through the rear of the van? So Tyler, um, some people, uh, so to answer your question, I, I run, you don't need it. You, you, I run the AC um, off the van all the time and it does more than adequate. It's just pretty unbelievable. How many vents do we have here? It looks like we have it's a lot 10. Of yeah, like ten four vents. per side in the yeah, room. or eight to ten vents in here, and so and then on the floor we've got we've got the heat that runs all the way through the floor. So plenty of uh, the van produces plenty of uh, HVAC uh, heat and right. AC. Um, I think the um, the thought is, you know, do I want to let my van run? You know, I, I think that's kind of what goes through through people's minds is you know when it's really hot and it's it's honestly really rare because if you get air movement through here you, you can typically sleep in pretty good heat but when it gets really hot on those exceptional nights do i want to let my van run and let the uh, the ac of the van uh cool the van for me it's yes um same way with heat um you know at overland east last year there was one really cold night uh we were in a walmart parking lot and um, uh, you know, it got cold and I went and I started the van up and honestly, I, I, I got the van and the contents of the van warm enough that the contents alone kept it perfect for the rest of the night. Right. I shut it back off, went to sleep, um, good covers and, and you're in good shape. They say, you know, they say that with gear or with uh, going out and exercising outside, uh, it's never really a cold day. It's just, you have the wrong gear. Right. And, and that, that's somewhat true for sleeping, you know? If you got air movement, you can handle a lot of heat, and if and if you've got the right uh, sleeping bag or the right gear, um, you can you can handle a lot of cold. And so, utilizing the van and its HVAC system on those exceptional nights, I do it all the time, and I have no problem with it. I can let it run for several hours, and I never see the needle move on the gas tank. So, at idle, it's sipping fuel. It's 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 not burning hardly any at all. All right, and so you know, like because I own at the moment a big Class A RV, and I, you know, so that one we park, we hook up the shore power, and we run the ACs on that one. Mm -hmm. And I, I was just thinking, like there there are some places we've gone where there's quiet hours, you can't run a generator, and potentially can't run your vehicle. Mm -hmm. In that case, if you have the ability to plug in the shore power and yes. run an AC, that might be your only way of running this right so maybe if you're frequently going to campgrounds yes then maybe you mm. opt for the shore power and you go with the. if you're the if you're going top. to campgrounds and, and that becomes a problem yes if you're going to uh planet fitness or, right. <laughs> then it's not a problem at all. all right so let's talk about heat there's a couple of um options there there's uh two ones and you guys can explain what they are. S bar versus a heat pump. What's what's the differences? When would somebody want one versus the other? So the heat pump is a part of the aftermarket AC, the third party, and um, and, and then the second we talk about is, is the S bar heater. So the S bar heater runs off the fuel tank, runs off the gasoline, which is still a third party thing, right? It is. Yep. You have to yep. add that in. Yep. Somebody yep. has to add that in. Yep. <laughs> yep. So we still have to add that in, um, and it also is diesel as well. It's gas or diesel, uh, depending on which chassis we put it on. Uh, and you know to, to differentiate the two differences um, you know when we talk about the heat pump that's running off basically the same exact power needs as your air conditioner so shore power is needed uh, you need additional power outside the vehicle um, to be able to run that uh, having said that the heat pump is basically taking your air conditioner and running it 
in reverse, more or less. Instead mm. of it pumping the hot air out into the atmosphere, it's actually trying to, it's bringing it back in, mm. um, in, in a very simple way of explaining it. And so when you do that, it, it can really only truly function down to a certain point, uh, which is roughly about 40 degrees is what we tell most customers, um, because humidity and other things start to become a problem. And so when you, it's really great for, you know, knocking the chill off at 50 degrees. You know, it's really good for those things. Um, but that's where the S-bar really kicks in and really adds that additional value uh, for a customer because, you know, a lot of people are, are going to be taking these things up north. We're talking about zero degrees at night. And an S-bar heater runs off about a half gallon of gas for an entire night of heating. Hmm. Um, and like we, you know, we've experienced while sitting in here, you know, the S-bar heater can, you know, it can kick on and it'll run us all out of here, you know, in a matter of a couple minutes, you know, and it, it works extremely well at very, very low temperatures. Um, and, it, you know, just the matter of the, the limited amount of fuel that it burns to make that do so makes it extremely valuable because, you know, it, and we don't, we can't control climate and you don't really know where you're going to be. The one thing I always hear from customers who get the S-Bar who necessarily don't care for the cold will instantly say, hey, we will actually now use our vehicle more in the wintertime because the vehicle is, you know, always warm. You know, it is that good feeling, you know, 70, 75 degrees. Um, and, and if you think about it, you know, if you're out snowshoeing, you're out snowboarding, whatever, you come in with all your gear on, you got snow on, your gear's really cold, the vehicle surfaces are really cold, it's going to take pretty good amount of heat to really get those surface temperatures up to where it feels comfortable to you and so you know the 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 two things is you know if you're going to occasionally need a little bit of additional heat and you're at those rv parks and things like that um you know in the fall or springtime the you know the the heat pump's a great feature is it less like what or i mean if they're comparable costs it seems like you would just go with the s-bar because it's going to work uh, better the s-bar is more expensive because it's its own system um, the heat pump is a part of the air conditioning. So if you don't want air conditioning, now you're having to get an AC just to have the heat pump. Mm. And so in that relative way, yeah, I mean, they're, they're kind of comparable, I guess you could say. Um, but So to add a heat pump, you'd have to add, like, this third-party AC that's in the correct. ceiling or something. Yep. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. would, I guess that would then bring the cost up to about what an S-bar is. So correct. you could run an S-bar without having to have... A third, like an auxiliary AC unit. Correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. They're completely separate systems. All right. Cool. That's uh, good. All right. Let's see what we got next here. Let's talk about bathrooms. There's a couple different toilet options that are kind of standalone. You can bolt on like a compact, uh, what is this? A, sorry, a compost toilet, mm -hmm. or you can get like an electric dry flush. What's mm -hmm. the pros and cons of each of those? I'm going to let Brent talk about that because he loves talking about his portable removable toilet. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of fun. Uh, I don't know. Not having any smell and being able to do it where the bears do it. So <laughs> when, uh, oh, I went to uh, uh, a national a marathon mountain biking championship in Arkadelphia, Arkansas oh a few years back and uh, having the best time. And, you know, I didn't want the toilet taking up space in the van. And so uh, we were at a campground where there was a lot of timber around us. And I went and set my toilet by the tree. And that's where I did it. And that was uh, honestly just, uh, it was uh, perfect. 
Um, but the nice thing about it is, uh, we did. And which so which one is that though? Like that was the dry flush. Okay. Yeah. And that's different from the compost. It is. Okay. The nice thing about the dry flush is, um, you know, some people I think look at composting as oh maybe a responsible way to you know to. Well, explain like let's back up for a second. Explain okay. what is a compost toilet and what is a dry flush. Yeah. So a composting toilet, just like composting in general. Um, allows bacteria to to work its way through waste, and so um, not that you don't still have waste, you do, but but the bacteria will eat through the waste, and so so it, it shrinks over time. The issue is you do have smell involved, um, and so it is very responsible from a from an environmental perspective. But it's uh, if you just said what's the best toilet on the market, it's not that. The best. Right, I mean, we're in a pretty small space here. Like yeah. I can imagine, even if I couldn't see you. Yeah, and you were doing your business here in the, yeah, van, in the van. I would not want to be in the van with you. Yeah. So, but here's the cool thing: once I'm done with my thing, uh, it when you hit the flush, it literally. I don't know what brilliant mind came up with this. I'd like to meet him or her someday, but it literally separates the liquid and the solid. And, and that's which one? Else? The dry flush. Okay. The dry flush. The compost toilet. It, it's it just all sits yes, in there. And yes. Bacteria over. Yes. Okay. Yes. But it separates the liquid and the solid, and um, and and I read, uh, you know, that that is how you keep it from in an RV. That's how you keep things from really smelling. Mm. Well, that's not traditional. You know, growing up in the RV business, there was a holding tank, and it all went in there. Right. And you dumped this crazy-looking blue stuff in there. It looked like it glowed, and it was supposed to take care of everything. But let's face it, it always stunk like a Johnny on the spot. Yeah. And maybe less, but still stunk. Well, the dry flush does not. It is the craziest thing. So when I bring that toilet back in from the woods and set it in here, it doesn't stink. And what it does is separate the liquid and the solid and bag it up. Think in terms of a diaper genie. Right. So it's using like mylar. Um, and it just, mylar, there's no leak, like... You know, like you can, on a Ziploc bag, if it's a strong odor, you can still smell through that Ziploc bag, but not Mylar. It it literally seals it all up, never mixes the liquid and the solid. Uh, it's a cartridge, but in that cartridge, you get about 15 flushes. Um, we we uh, at uh, the, in Bentonville, Arkansas, at the Epic Bike Ride, um, Epic Rides that was there just a couple months ago, Everybody was using our toilet, and that sucker filled up, and it still did not stink. And so that's that's, I literally love that toilet. That's, uh, uh, and it is the number one rated um, RV toilet for several years in a row. And, it's and what particular brand is that? It's Dry Flush. That's I, the that brand is, name. Yeah, okay. that is the actual name. And so is that yeah. something? Obviously, you don't have to hardwire it into. The vehicle because you took it out into the woods is right it, so it's self-contained battery powered and both totally, uh, both you can plug it in and as you see we've got 110 outlets everywhere all right so you can plug it in and not use the battery you know spare the battery or or um you can uh use the battery when you unplug it it's gonna switch over to the battery and so yeah and then it'll still flush that's so pretty awesome it, it really is awesome it's hard to explain it's kind of one of those guess you had to be there but it it is an unbelievable product Right on. Okay. How about a shower? Yeah, so we have two shower options. One we call Quickie Showie. Uh, kind of a weird name, just kind of one of those brainstorming and somebody said it, everybody laughed, and we <laughs> said, well, everybody laughed at that, so we're going to go with that one. 
Um, and the, the Quickie Shawi uh, is kind of a rapid deployment shower that hooks up between the two doors at the back of the van. Okay. Um, and um, it's really, really cool stuff. Really cool. Um, it'd be hard to explain sitting here, but, uh, but basically you would use the water at the back of the van. Uh, on Ragbride this year, I use that shower every day. It rolls up and it stores right on the door. You unroll it and you hook it up to your door. So you're just putting like a hanging a giant curtain between the back doors. No, it's actually its own room. It's oh. actually its own room, which is really what's cool about inside it. the van or uh, it is it is outside the van unless you pull the gear slide out and use it on the inside huh. of the van. Uh, now. Um, most people won't do that. I, I have a fascination with that because if I then I don't have to have my feet on dirt or mud or whatever. You know, just take a shower right there on the gear slide. Now, there's just we have with the rear downhill slightly. Yeah, that's so right. That's right. Into the van. Yeah, that's right. So that's what I did on Ragbride this year. Um, it's a great option, but a lot of people would be like, "Hey, we really want an inside shower option." Well, we've got better than that. We actually kind of like the dry flush toilet. We have a perpetual hot shower that you can set up in the van and never get the van wet. It's its own self-contained um, uh, tent uh, room with a pan at the bottom that recycles the water. And so you say, oh, recycle. No, yeah. I'm out. <laughs> I mean, that's well, what I'm thinking. It sounds gross. Yeah, yeah. But as long as you know you, you didn't go just get crap all over your, or you, you know, as long as you're just kind of like you would when you take a bath, you know, no problem. Um, you can set it up to pull fresh water if you want, but um, but it is it's designed to be a perpetual system. So uh, it basically circulates the hot water over and over until you're done with your shower, and you can set that up. And I use the term bath on purpose because most people don't think of a bath as gross, but it's the same concept, mm. you know. Um, except it really truly is running off you, which is the, a nicer version. You know, I guess it's very similar. It? It does. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like everything is coming back up. No, it's filtered. Yeah, All it's right. filtered. And then you can take that same self-contained room with the pan and the pump, which is very lightweight, and it's in its own case. And we can take it out into a field or or by a tree and and take a shower out there. So both of those items are very similar, you know, um, in convenience, and both just work extremely well. So, That's um, cool. yeah. Is that are those things that you created, or are those like standalone units that somebody can buy? And yeah. add to their own van. We created the Quickie Shawi. Um, do you sell that separately? And uh, we do. Okay. Um, well, right now we don't. Um, uh, <laughs> somebody could probably bug you enough now that they're hearing one this. One of these days, maybe. Right now, there's a lot of things that we will sell separately in time, but we can't produce enough for ourselves right now. Right. So like our window curtains. Um, one day, the, these thermal curtains that we talk about, they've got pockets and they're really awesome, but... Um, but we can't produce enough of them for ourselves. So until we get ahead, we really shouldn't sell them. But that's that'll be true for the for the quickie shower as well. Uh, now the uh, the perpetual shower, we can get enough of those, uh, and uh, so we uh, it's actually an ever shower is really what we call it, and uh, and and we can do enough of those, and so uh, those are something that we will shortly be selling. So yeah, okay. So there's, I have this marked as number one and number two. These are the questions I should have started this episode with. But when somebody's looking at the options, everything that you've heard, like I, I know I've got huge, uh, it's almost like going to a buffet, right? Like your your eyes are bigger than your stomach. And I look yeah. at this and I'm like, oh yeah, water heater, water shower, 
everything. It yeah. all sounds great. I want it all. And then you realize you don't use two thirds of it. What are like, what do people really need? Like most of your customers, what do you see them using the most? You know, uh, I'm going to give a short answer because, uh, because I'd like Jared to weigh in on this. Um, uh, but I, if you really said, what are the, what are the minimums that people need? I'm going minimum here. Okay. Um, you need a comfortable bed. Uh, you need you need the ability to have conveniences like laptop, places to plug in, USB ports, 110 outlets, things like that. So, and most of the time that's going to be driven by batteries of some sort. So, um, so I think that that you need that, um, and uh, you need a good heater. Uh, you, you you don't need a TV really, um, not for what you know we ought to be doing with these things. You know we ought to be out enjoying God's you know what He's given us uh, His creation and. And so, uh, really, a good heater um, so that you don't freeze at night, uh, unless you want to use the van, which is what I do. Uh, so, a great place to sleep, and some power, um, and uh, some a place to store, you know, your stuff along the journey, whether it's overhead storage cabinets or the thermal curtains that have the the pockets that really turn into luggage. And that's uh, that's about it. I think Jared will have a different feel on that, but. Uh, but that's really the minimum. I, that's I'm I'm talking minimum. Right. You know, I'm one of those people that I I could have a watch that does a whole lot of stuff, but I'm just going to look at the I'm going to look at the time. Right. You know. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. I I mean I think that's the key things. It's 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 power for all everyone's gadgets for everything you need. You know, even when you're a climber, you have headlamps to plug in. When you're a biker, you got e-bikes to plug in. So it's 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 definitely a, a power source um, like we offer. Uh, it doesn't have to be crazy big. It, it just has to be something to provide enough. Uh, a, a good um, sleeping area is, is key. You know, being able to sleep out of the way of all your gear, things like that. And get then a good night's sleep. Good right. night's sleep. Yeah. You know, that that's a big one. And then I would say like ample interior lighting. You know, we, we yeah. light the, the roof of the van. We light the cargo areas with different cargo lighting. Um, and that's just one thing we learned very early on is you can't have enough light. You know, you just, you can't have enough. And, and, you know, we dim, we have dim settings for different things. Uh, but being able to really see what you're doing when you're trying to find your gear, trying to get through your gear, lighting is everything. It's yeah, so true. Simple. And yeah. I even, I forgot about that because I, 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 that was an assumption that, you know, <laughs> you, you're going to have not just factory lighting in here. You're going to have really good lighting. Yeah, you know, factory lighting usually kind of sucks. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's a need. Yeah. Having all these LED lights and actually even the accent lights are a need because you turn these LED lights on at night and people are going to wake up, um, uh, even in a dimmer setting. But on the on the accent lights, you know they don't those don't collect bugs, mosquitoes, etc. And uh, and you're not going to wake people up, but you can still see. So yeah. and I think for people that aren't seeing, like we're sitting in the van recording, you know the 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 ceiling lights are like almost like mini canister lights shooting down, and they're super bright. The accent light is more like indirect light, like it's like looks like to me LED strips, kind of hidden behind, you know, the the framework or the cabinets and stuff. So it provides just sort of like light ambient glow, which yes. is probably pretty nice. It's super nice. later, yeah. You know, like if I want to read and right. my wife wants to go to sleep, it's, it's really nice at night for sure. All right, what? Um, I mean, people can go to your website and look at like the laundry list of options, but like, what do what do I really not need? Like, what are some of the bells and whistles you guys have that? 
either people just don't buy <laughs> or like they get them and then they just never use them. Yeah. So uh, go, go ahead. I, <laughs> not that you want to. I'm sure we may have a different opinion on yeah. this. But well, I mean, we just, you know, if I went back to like build sheets that we were offering customers like two or three build sheets ago, there'd be a, there'd be a long list of stuff that, that customers, you know, we just figured out weren't necessary and it's something that a customer can go get on their own. Like they can do themselves like, cause that's how we set these vans up. You can do some of your own little gadgets you want. Like we used to offer cell phone boosters. The problem is, is probably where you're always camping. You're going to be under trees where the cell phone boosters not even going to help you anyway, you know? And so there's, there's, there's realities to everything. You know, we used to, and we'll still do it, but, you know, we used to offer on our build sheet um, Dish Network, you hmm. know, which is satellite driven. Well, we quickly realized you're always camping where there's trees. You, you don't have a clear signal. So very rarely are you actually going to be able to pick up the channels you want to hmm. pick up because you're, you're in wooded areas. You're not in clearings. Um, you know, there's some features like that. You know, one thing is, is, is you know, like you know if you're using this thing to get outside you know, you don't need a tv everyone has a tablet everyone has an iphone you don't laptop you know yeah. you don't really need a tv um i'm an audiophile i absolutely love music um and i love bass and i would have subs all over this thing if i built a show van for me everyone would hate it and, and it's it. what everybody else would say you don't need yeah. right <laughs> yeah. but i will tell you it is something you don't need you know, if it, you know, if, if you're saying, hey, like I like music, but I'm just gonna use it going down the road, it, you don't need all the extra audio systems. Those are for like our mobile mobile bike repairs, like the the demo guys who need to be able to you know hook a microphone up. Right. And so they want to use their van as a showroom or as a, a an actual place to to announce out of. Right. We, yeah. we give people that option of microphone and speakers and. You know, marine marine grade speakers that are, you know, put out a lot of sound out of the back of the van. Yeah. Then it becomes like a demo van. Yeah, so. I just I, I think I would still say a, at least a small subwoofer is oh, a yeah. good. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. you gotta have some bass, or it's just <laughs> nothing sounds right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you you know, it just for me, it just boils down to, and that's once again, it's, you know, talking through these different podcasts. It, it, that's why it, it boils down to me as far as you know. I want to I want to build rapport with every customer. Because depending on where you live, what you're going to do with it is going to determine. I can kind of give you my professional advice and tell you you're not going to use that, Tyler. <laughs> like if you're saying, "Hey, man, like I'm never going to set up base camp." Okay, you might use an awning, but you're probably never going to use the actual awning canopy because it takes time to set up. But for people who are like base camp style setups, where they're going to go park and they're going to get all their stuff out and they're going to be there, be for, there for a while, they're going to be there for a while. A canopy room like what Thule offers with their manual crank, it's amazing, but it takes you time to set up, and right. so it kind of comes down to, I kind of got to help you figure out what you need by building rapport. Right, and everybody's needs, of course, are different, and you know, um, just like the person who's going to use it for personal and business, they might need a big screen TV because again, they may be using it as an educational tool, you know, for their product. Um, they might need the sound because they're liable to pull the gear slide out of the back, sit some beer on the back, and become the life of the party at night, which did happen at Bentonville last time. <laughs> we, our, our van became the life of the party. It was cranking the music. So a lot of people might need, um, you know, we might say you don't need a TV, but then if you've got kids, um, you know, maybe you do. Right. Um, I'll say this. In general, uh, one thing we talked about in the very beginning is let's not put bells and whistles on this that really just create road drama. 
um, you know, this is about lack of drama. This is about finding peace. This is about obeying the call of the wild, you know. Uh, this isn't about worrying about whether things are working or not working. So we really took a pretty minimalistic approach, which is why you don't see a lot of things you would see in a typical RV in here, because it's about an outdoors person's vehicle. It's about, um, it's about function, and that's it. So what is the function? Literally, we made a choice in the very beginning. We had this meeting and it was, okay, you've got form, which is appearance, and bells and whistles, you know, that maybe you don't even need, just things that make people ooh and ah. And then you've got function, and that's things that people really need, and we know our customer and we know what they really need. <clears throat> what do we want to do? Form, function, or somewhere in between? And I talked about a sweet spot uh, earlier. We literally did not go for the sweet spot. And you know, that's normally what we would do. We would say somewhere in the middle is probably where we want to be we said function let's make this a function driven van so let's not put a bunch of wooden cabinets in it that rattle let's not use wood at all um, let's go with uh, what people really need and and give people functions that they that they really need so i'm going to say this even though we mentioned some things that maybe you don't need very badly um, we really did we tried not to um, offer things that we, we truly felt would would not be a primary need for function as a as a overland type van or an, an outdoorsman's type van and uh, and so really I think we've done pretty good at, at everything that we offer truly um, there's a high percentage of our customers that need most of it all right so that's cool yeah I think you know from my own experience we've had that big RV for a, few, a couple years now and used it you know extensively but there's definitely, I guess, having more made us bring more with us. You know, we had yeah. all this storage, so we brought more. You know, yeah. we had this huge garage in the back, so it's a toy hauler. So we just brought like everything we thought we might want. And then we used literally like maybe 25% of the stuff right. we brought. And so we were right. hauling around all this extra weight. But, you know, so hindsight, my advice would just be like start off with like almost the bare minimum mm -hmm. and then add as you go right. but like because a lot of times if you just try and get everything you just don't use a lot of it absolutely it, you know um i have actually talked primarily to women who tell me that since getting our van it's been very freeing mm -hmm. because they used to we had a few women show up at the factory uh, to switch out from their vehicle to, and they brought everything they could think of <laughs> and uh, but those same people are like it was so freeing once i figured out all I really wear when I go is athleisure anyway. Right. It's like, you know, I can pack this giant suitcase and um, I wear 10% of it. So your van works perfect. You know, I can fit everything that I actually need in the window curtains. And uh, I fit my food in the shelves and I'm good to go. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes athletic things like bicycle shoes or, you know, whatever. But basically, you're right. It's very freeing to be uh, do less, you know, have less. Yeah. So. so is there is there anything, because you guys have been doing this for a few years now, is there anything that you don't offer that people continually ask for? At this point, um, not necessarily. No, I, I, I'd say no. Um, is there something not, on the radar that you yeah, might be adding yeah. soon? Like, no, you know, there's... Um, We've added some things recently that were being asked right. for. So as an example, um, uh, wood grain. Um, we don't want to do wood because of the, the qualities of absorption and warping and right. et cetera, but 
but some people did want wood wood grain appearance in the van, so we we offered that uh, recently. So some cosmetic stuff. Some cosmetic yeah. okay. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we tried to really listen to the customers, and recently, with the introduction of the live model, uh, tried to give what what people were asking for. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, you're gonna. I was just gonna say, the, I mean, the live was created by our customer and other right. people who were asking. Yeah. You know, it was created by them moving the electronics box to the rear, just changing things up, giving more area in the front. You know, doing lagoon tables, which is like a workbench for like the swivel seat. Right. Um, a lot of those features that we've introduced with the live, I mean, they are from our customers. Right. Listening to them, we made enough changes that we felt it was worthy of a new model. Yeah. That that plus. You know, everybody always said, when's Ford going to do an all-wheel drive? So when Ford decided to do the all-wheel drive, we decided to take those high requests and put them together and create a new model, and, that, and that's the live. All right. All right, so the, the one thing I asked you about when we were kind of specking out the van that we're going to be getting from you is uh, the those badass, huge metal, like, you know, Termin or uh, Mad Max-style bumpers that go on the front. You know, they look awesome, mm -hmm. but... I didn't see out of the six or so vans you guys had in there and in, in works in the process of being built right now. I didn't see it on a single one of them. What's what's the story on those? Like obviously it's not a need unless you're planning on like driving through brush, but off roading really. Yeah, pros you, and cons. Uh, it's got to be heavy. I'll just say a couple things. They're heavy and they're expensive, and um, unless you're use, you unless you have the right use, you really don't need them. We wouldn't want to sell them to people just for look. You know we're. We're uh, we're not about as you can tell by our conversation. We're we're, we're minimalistic minded and, and just give people the function they need and no more. Um, you know it, the angle of the front bumper, as an example, versus the factory bumper. It it angles up, so if you're doing off roading, it does cause you to be able to get over things from a clearance perspective right. that you couldn't get over otherwise. Mm -hmm. If you're an overlander and you're going to be pulling people out of mud and you're going to be hooking chains onto your front bumper, yeah, I mean, but um, unless you just have the right use and the right need, it's just a lot of extra money and a lot of extra weight. That's that's my yeah. opinion. So yeah, I mean, it's it, it it does come down to preference. I mean, I would tell you that. Um, you know, we've we've had rental customers of just our standard fleet, you know, hit deer, things like that with the front of these vans. Um, there becomes a point where it's, hey, if you're in a heavily wooded area, you might want a bigger bumper on the front to protect you from wildlife. Um, you know, there, there's a few things like that, but, you know, getting a front bumper needed because you, you feel like you need the additional lighting, it's, it's not needed to do that. You know, we can do that off the roof rack. We can do it in other ways. Um, you know, for the rear of the van, you know, if you go with like a Quigley 4x4, we go bigger tires, you know, go with the all-wheel drive, you know, you can go off the back bumper and do like the fifth the fifth tire carrier, um, which that is a big benefit because, you know, you can't fit the, the larger all-terrains underneath the vehicle where the factory spare goes. Um, and you do have an extra, um, you know, you can do toolboxes off the back. So um, just as much as I would agree with Brent about, you know, it, you know, do they change the look? Do they make make this thing look, you know, more super beefy? BA? Yeah, you know, it's, it, it definitely gives that uh, preference. And, and one of the biggest hits out there was a van that we did that was fully Rhino lined. 
that was my personal van um, that I drove for a few months, and so I loved that thing. Was, well, let me ask you about that. Like the Rhino line is that like orange peel looking, super tough paint up dude, flat truck build. Mm-hmm. You know that that's on my list for our build is yeah. to have it done. And it's not cheap. Like it's a, <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't really like broken that line item out to my wife and said this is why it's five thousand dollars more. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, it looks awesome. But like how durable is that? Obviously it's gonna be tough. But yeah. is it is it a good surface coating for? The exterior of a vehicle or is it really like a cosmetic thing doing a hundred percent of the vehicle i would say no but i would tell you that it does a great job of like rocks chips things like that like you know if you do a combination of those bumpers because you're getting rid of some of the capabilities of you know kicking mud back down to the ground you know when you start getting more stuff thrown up on the vehicle it does an amazing job of that um but that you know that's the first you know couple feet of the vehicle you right. know that's not the whole thing um, but it, it definitely does. Um, you know, what's interesting is is we took a couple show vans out to last year's Sea Otter. Um, and one was a wrapped van and one was Linexed. Um, top to bottom, it was that van I'm talking about. And it's the one I think you saw. Yeah. And, uh, and so uh, both vans went out there and they got caught in a um, windstorm, a windstorm mm-hmm. out there um, and got caught in the sand. Uh, the wrapped oh, van. Oh yeah, that wind was crazy this year. It was yeah. Like yeah, crushing people's t- yeah. T- tents. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so the uh, the one van uh, suffered a bunch of just wind damage from all the sand just nailing the wrap to the wrap and the, the paint. Yeah, right. the Linex van wipe it off. It was good to go. Done. Yeah. I'm sold. It, go. it also hey. does help against hail. Yeah, it, it right. does. I it mean, does. It, it takes a lot more hail to dent it uh, with the Linex, mm-hmm. so it, it does help uh, from that capacity. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Guys, well, thank you so much for your time. And, like, you know, if you missed episodes one and two and you're interested in learning more about what all you need for a custom van or episode two is all about electrical, which was a super geeky deep dive, um, check those out. Thanks for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on whatever your favorite podcast player is. And you can check out Van Do It at vandoit.com. Thank you. Hey, thanks for tuning in. If you want to check out the Band Do It factory tour with the video and photos and everything to show how they go from passenger van all the way to a fully equipped, adventure-ready, off-road camper van vehicle, then go to bikerumor.com and just search the word Van Do It. That's one word, V-A-N-D-O-I-T, and you'll find it. If you like this episode, hit subscribe and give us a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. That really helps us grow this thing and get better and better guests for you. Thanks a lot, and we'll catch you next time.